0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Yeah, I want to greet those of you who are on our campuses today in Waterbury, New Milford, and Derby, and also those of you who are online as well. Uh, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here, and um, I truly believe that God can, can break through and speak to us as we meet today, right? I believe God is in our Waterbury campus right now. Give a cheer if you believe me. I believe that God is in our New Milford campus. Give me a cheer in New Milford. We can hear you all the way from Bethel. I believe God's in our Derby campus. I believe God's in our homes. If you're meeting there, if you're gathered with friends, I believe God's right here in this room. And I believe the Lord always wants to speak to his children. I know as a father, I always want to speak to my children. In fact, I've got a lot to say, got a lot to say. The Father often has a lot to say. I think the Lord has a lot to say. There's been a song that's been on my heart for the last two weeks. I've just been singing it, and only the chorus, because I don't know the verses. (laughs) I'm sure they're really good. I should learn them. And it's, it's captured my heart.
1: You are worthy of it all You are worthy of it all From you are all things And to you are all things You deserve the glory It's the only part I know But now you know it too (laughs) You are worthy of it all You are worthy of it all from you are all things, and to you are all things, you deserve the glory. Come on, sing it with me, come on. Let's be like a middle school choir
0: here, okay? Come on, come on. Even if you're not a good singer, we won't point you
1: out. I'm just kidding. We won't point you out. We won't do it. Come on, Waterbury, let's, let's sing. I know sometimes it's like, oh, the guy's on video. and all this No, 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 God's in our midst, and he's worthy
0: of it all. He's worthy of it all. Think of that thing right now that, that you're holding on to and release it. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of your life. He's worthy of your relationships. He's worthy of it
1: all. All of it. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all, for from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. From you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Amen. Amen. You are worthy of it all, Lord.
0: <laughs> you deserve the glory in, in everything, in all things. I want to answer a question today. <laughs> and the question is why give? Why has God called us to be a generous people? Why is he worthy of it all? Why give? The question is not how to give. I actually think as human beings, we all know how to give. How do I know this? Because when Girl Scout cookie season comes along, whether your local representative has moved away or not, you hunt somebody down and make sure your Thin mint fix has been met. We know how to give. We know how to get Netflix on our screens. We know how to pay for our kids' sports. We, we know how to give. Um, in fact, we put up a, a slide almost every Sunday with all the different ways that you can give to the local church. I feel like that slide is growing as seasons go on. You can give online, you can give in person, you can give through cash, you can give through check, you can send a horse and rider, you can send, you know, text message. I mean, we, we know how to give. I don't need to teach you how to give. But why? Why do we give? Why, why is giving and generosity so important that it's one of the most frequently talked about topics in all of scripture? Why does God want this for us? Why does God consider this a blessing, not just to him, but for us, the participant? Why why give? So here's what I want to do today, is I want to kind of drill down as I go through this message into deeper and deeper places. I want to share with you just some stats that I found on On giving and and how Christians are participating in giving across the country. I want to share with you some principles out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. In fact, if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to go there now, whether it's on an app or however you want to do that. Um, I want to just encourage us to always show up with a way to get Scripture in front of us, whether it's on your phone or a physical copy, please do that. If you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'll get you one. It's that important to us. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6, and I'll, I'm going to go through 15. I just want to give you a few different principles on why God calls us to give. And then I want to end in this place where I've been really asking the Lord this question, why give, why give, why give? And the Lord's given me some revelation on it that I want to share with you today. And I hope that it's helpful. But let me start with just some, some stats on this. Why Why give? And, and this comes from a, a 2021 Barna Research Group study called Giving Landscape. And so this research was done in the year 2021. And they asked lots of different questions about giving. This study was done with Christians and also non-Christians. And let me just share some of the stats that they they found. And so uh, this is a a good way. I'm not pointing um, all my attention on us as Walnut Hill Community Church right now, but this is a study that was done widely across the country. This is what they found. 68% of Christians said they had given money to charitable organizations in 2021. That could have been one time or or many times. So it's not limited to a local church, just charitable organizations, nonprofit organizations in general. 68% of the Christians that were polled said that they gave money to charitable organizations in 2021. This means that 32% of Christians did not. They also learned that a high percentage of Christians gave in 2021 in comparison to non-Christians, 48% 48% of non-Christians gave to charitable organizations in 2021. This means that 52% did not. So as the church, we might look at this and say, wow, we're doing quite well. Fantastic. Practicing Christians, now the way that they label practicing Christians, are these are people who indicated that they attend worship at least once a month. Which is interesting. We've moved that bar, haven't we, through the, through the years we've really moved that bar, right? To get the stats we want, we keep moving that bar. Oh, just let's say you come every other week, we'll include you. that. Now, how about once a month? Soon it's gonna be like, if you attend church every, once every six months, we'll include you in this. Why are we moving the bar on that? We need to stop moving the bar on that. Why, because we'll go back and, and listen to the sermon on why church. Because <laughs> so we need a place to belong because we're on mission together. Because God speaks to his people in a, in a corporate way. We, we need to gather together, but that's another sermon. Practicing Christians, those who attend worship at least once a month, 90% of practicing Christians gave money to charitable organizations. So you can see the big jump there. Now, now let's look at those who give on a regular basis. These are, uh, are people who have intentionally decided when they're going to give, and they have planned their giving through the year. Forty percent of Christians say they give on a regular basis. They've planned out their giving. Fifty-two percent of practicing Christians, those who go to church once a month, say they give on a regular basis. Forty-six percent of practicing Christians also give regularly donations to nonprofit organizations outside of a local church. Now, this study was huge, you can go and purchase it for yourself and and read all about it, but that just gives some of the the highlights of the study. The way they summarize it at the very end is they say this, the U.S. church is a generosity engine. (laughs) The report actually comes back and says, wow, Christians are really, really generous, We see this all over the world, particularly here in the United States. Christ followers are are giving to, to organizations all across the world and doing amazing work. And so you should be encouraged by that. That as people who follow Christ, we're generous people. Whether people know that or not, it's a whole different story. But the stats show that we are a generous people in comparison to the rest of the world. But as I looked at this, my heart was a little discontented. It was, I kind of felt like, I feel like we have a ways to go, though, don't we? When you see those statistics, it feels like, wow, there's some room for growth. This is good news, it's encouraging news, but it does reveal that there are many Christ followers who aren't enjoying the full blessing of giving. Did you see it says 60% of Christians gave last year? This means 40% say they didn't. 40% it said in the study that they gave on a regular basis. That means 60% of Christians don't have a plan for their giving. Why not? (laughs) So, I think that there's a disconnect in the life of the church. I think we don't have a good understanding of why we should give. And so I wanna try to, to help with that because stepping into this discipline, into this command, is actually a real blessing. I'm talking to you as a person who experiences this. It's a blessing. And I don't want to just say, hey, just give to your local church. Just, just do it. That's not a good reason. Let's talk about why. Because there's real fruit that can be experienced there. There's a harvest out there that if we step into this, that we're going to get to experience. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. I want to give you four principles that Paul pulls out on, on why give. And the context here is really interesting, because in the beginning of chapter 9, Paul basically says to this group of, of, of people, believers in Corinth, he says, hey, listen, I don't need to tell you about, you know, the ministry of giving. I don't need to do that, because I know that you're eager to give. I even know that you're planning to give to the, to the Christians, the new Christians in Jerusalem. This was a group of people who had lots of different needs. And so Paul's saying, I know that you're eager to do that. I know that's on your heart. I know that's what you want to do. But then he says, but you know what? I'm going to send some people anyway to talk to you about it. (laughs) You know, I feel like that today That's the posture I'm in right now. I know we're eager to give. I know we want to be a generous people. I know that we are a generous people. This church has been amazingly generous to his work right here locally and around the world. I know that, but you know what? I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it anyway. (laughs) It's kind of what Paul was saying. Listen, I know it's on your heart. I know you're eager to do it, but... But I'm going to send some folks anyway, just, just so we can keep this ministry of giving going. I feel a little bit like that today in this moment. And so let's, let's go through this real quickly, just four principles with you. And then I want to share this revelation the Lord gave me. Let's pick up in verse six. It says this, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. The first principle that I want to share with you about giving is this, is that we reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. I love how Paul uses this analogy, this picture of a farmer. Uh, The people would have known quite well what that meant. They would have imagined being there. You know, when you read scripture, you should imagine being there. It's really helpful. Imagine yourself in the stories. When Paul says, hey, remember, like a farmer, now all of a sudden you should picture yourself in the field with a bag of seed. (laughs) As if you were hired to go out into the fields and sow seed. Get yourself there. Put on your overalls and get in the field with me right now. This is what, what he's calling you to. Listen, like a farmer, when you sow seed sparingly, you can expect a small harvest, but when you sow seed generously, then you can expect a generous harvest. There's a couple things that we should learn here, and and I'm I'm looking at a couple um, really good gardeners in the room right now, so I'm getting a little bit nervous here, but here's some things I do know, is that if you want to produce anything, you have to take the seed and put it in the ground. (laughs) You have to, you can't hold on to the seed. It's not gonna grow in your hand. You're not going to have any fruit unless you take that seed which came from the ground in the first place and you put it back there. You release it back there. Now that it's in the ground, it has an opportunity and a chance to produce something. And so you must plant the seed to reap a harvest. You know, the same is with trying to get stronger. You're not just going to wake up one day and have bigger muscles. No, you have to go and you have to work out, you have to do the exercise in the same way. What Paul's trying to teach us is listen, if you want to see a great harvest, you have to release what God has given you. Release it back to him. Another very clear principle here in this you reap what you sow is that listen, if you sow sparingly, expect a small harvest. But if you sow generously, expect a larger harvest harvest. It makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It's the basic truth. If you hold back in sowing, you're going to have a smaller harvest. In our house, we have a dishwasher, and it's a pretty good one, but it's not great. And so the girls always do the dishes after dinner at night. It's just one of the family rules, because I don't want to do them. (laughs) So they do them, and they're good at it. Well, a few of them are good at it, <laughs> and this is how we know, because with our dishwasher, you have to rinse the dishes a bit. You, know, you basically have to wash the dishes and then put them in the dishwasher, right? And so if you, if you hold back in the rinsing, I'm going to know later that you didn't do the rinsing properly. Because when they open that door and and it's gone through its cycles, there's still going to be things on it. And I'm going to say, ah, girls, you didn't do your job right because in the beginning here, you you, you held back in the process. It'd be like going out to the person who sowed the seed. Hey, did you sow all the seed? Yeah, 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 I sowed all the seed. Yeah, I I put it all out there. Did you? Because don't lie to me. (laughs) Because when the harvest comes, I'm going to know. You know, I think a lot of times the wrong question is, how much are you giving? I actually think Christians get hung up on that too much. Is it a tithe, is it 10%, is it 20%? Is it what Jesus said to the rich young ruler? What is it, what is it? Right, and we've been debating this topic forever and ever and ever. I think we're debating the wrong topic. The question actually is, as you sought the Lord, and he's spoken to you, are you holding back? That's the principle. <laughs> That's the principle. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, and so we reap what we, we sow. Plant little, get little. Plant generously, receive much. Let's, let's keep going on. It says this. In verse seven, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully the principle here the second one I want to share with you is this is that there's a right way and a wrong way to give and Paul really outlines it here in verse 7 there's a, a right posture in how to give and there's a wrong posture in how to give let's talk about the right way what, is, what does Paul reveal on how we should be generous people how we should give he teaches us that our giving should be intentional, relational, and cheerful. He says, you must decide. I love to, oh, Paul, he's strong in this, right? He doesn't say, if you want to, decide. He says, you must decide. It's kind of like him saying, this is what we do as followers of Jesus. So you, you must, and then decide. There's this intentionality around giving. I wonder, do you, do you have a plan for your giving, You must decide. But then I love how it's relational, too. It's not just intentional, it's relational. You must decide in your own heart. What's being taught here, and the principle that's being taught here is that really our giving is a reflection of our connection and and, and our, and our, our time spent with the Lord. As our hearts connect with him, as we speak with him, as he reveals to us how we're to give. And so it's relational. We give from the hearts. And then Paul finally says, and it should be done cheerfully. Cheerfully. we shouldn't give reluctantly or out of pressure, begrudgingly. No, we should give cheerfully. We shouldn't just give because that's what church people do. No, we should give out of a, a heart that's cheerful. We give out of this posture of, Wow, God, God's given me so much. He's given me this opportunity to give back, to give him a gift and to be a part of what he's doing here on earth. I can't, I can't wait to be a part of what God is doing. And so now I can come before the Lord and say, I'm giving this to you cheerfully. Which leads me to the next principle is that we have a generous God. It's important for us to know this principle as as we give, and in verses eight and in verses 10, it speaks about this, and it says, and God will generously provide all that you need. And we have a God that we can trust. This is why, for Becca and I, we give our offering first. Right when we get paid, we give our offering right away. And We do that because we want to say to the Lord Each and every month We trust you We trust you Listen My electric bill has gone up too (laughs) I'd be lying to you if I didn't think a couple times Well I know a way I could pay my electric bill If I just cut back From my giving But then my heart turns again and says you know what no, no, this isn't a time for me to cut back or, or ease back. No, this is a time for me to say, Lord, I trust you in this season. I trust you when things are good for me, and I trust you when things are hard for me. I trust you. I trust you. We have a generous God we can trust him. And then verse 10, I love this. It says, for God is the one who, prov- who provides seed for the farmer. This is Paul saying, listen, you have because God gave first. <laughs> that, that seed that you're about to, to sow, that you're about to, to use, well, it came because of the good God who is, who is generous to you. This is Paul saying, listen, God's got you on the front end and the back end of your giving. <laughs> He gave it to you in the first place, and when you give it back to him, he's going to bring a harvest. It might not be financial, but there's going to be a blessing as you give. This is what he does. I love how we don't have a greedy God asking us to be a generous people. We have a generous God who has shown us how to be a generous people. Fourth and and final one, and then I want to share just a little bit of what God's revealed to me in these last few weeks. But the fourth principle is this, is that our giving matters. Your giving matters. I love in verse 12, it says, two good things will result from this ministry of giving. Again, I love how practical Paul is. It's almost like he knows, I know they might be thinking that this doesn't matter, that their giving doesn't matter, or their part doesn't matter. But no, no, there are two things that come from this ministry of giving. The first is this, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. So Paul's saying, listen, through your generosity, the needs of people are going to be met. Their physical needs, but also their spiritual needs. As we send people out to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, because of what you give, it's going to have an impact, And then the second reason, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. I love that. Paul doesn't say, oh, and the second thing that's going to happen through your giving is they are joyfully going to express their thanks to you. (laughs) No, that's not what we're looking for. No, what we're looking for in our giving is that it draws people to Jesus, and that he's made known, that he's made famous wherever we go. You know, you might be wondering, well, what what does my giving go to? What does my giving go to? Why why does my giving matter? And I've, I've thought about that question, and I've been asked that question lots of different times. It's a good question. Where does my giving go? Or where does our giving go? And I think there are two ways to answer this question. And and the first is a surface surface answer, and the second is a significance answer. Here's the surface answer. Where does our giving go? To keep the lights on. Electricity, heating. You'll enjoy that in the winter. (laughs) Cooling. Our giving goes to staffing. Here at the church. Our giving goes to events. That's, that's the surface answer. It's a true answer. I'm thankful that, that the lights are on. I'm thankful for all these things. But now there's a significance answer. Where, where, does, where does my giving go to? Well, your giving goes to actually every other week. We feed over 500 Families right here locally through our food pantry. Praise God we have electricity because we need it, because we have a, a cooling system out back that holds all of the food for weeks. Praise God that we, we have these things. Praise God we have staffing that knows what they're doing, and it's not me. Otherwise, it'd just be like a bunch of Fruit Loops or something, right? Praise God we have equipped, anointed, called people to help us do what we do. The significance answer is that we get to be a part of supporting ministry in Ukraine right now for people who are desperately in need of housing and food because we're partnered with a ministry called Fight for Freedom. And in your church in action giving goes to that. Praise God that, that there's Hope Line who's coming alongside women who have become pregnant and need help in that. Praise God that we can support Jericho and, 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 and Acts 24 in Waterbury. Praise God that every Wednesday night in our Bethel campus, there are now over 30 young adults coming for a Bible study, and it'd be really tough if they came, and the doors were locked, and there was no electricity, and there was no cooling, and there was no hospitality, and there was no staff member who knew about the Bible, and how to teach it, and how to equip and empower other people. Praise God that we have that. Praise God that almost every night of the week in one of our campuses, it's open for care. And that we have staff and people, and electricity and heating and cooling and resources to be able to call people into our spaces. To teach them and share with them about the good news of Jesus Christ. To help them heal from their wounds and their brokenness. This is the significance answer. So yeah, does my money as I give to the local church go to electricity? You bet it does! But praise God that it does because I know that people come in our spaces each and every week and month and year and they give their life to Jesus and they receive healing and they receive care and they receive wisdom and counsel. And so yeah, I want the lights on. Yeah, I want anointed and gifted and called staff to help support the work. Yeah, I want Jesus to be known in our worlds. And so there's a surface answer and there's a significance answer, and as you can see, I lean towards the significance answer. Why give? Give me just about four more minutes. Why give? I was just—I asking the Lord real personally on this. Lord, why, why give? Like, help me get to the root of this. Give me that. And, and as I was thinking about it, I was, I was thinking about when we give, we make statements. And so I'm a part of a men's league hockey team. We are three-time champions. You didn't need to know that, but I told you that. (laughs) And so I I give in order to play on that. I I spend money to be able to play on that, and that makes a statement about me, is that, that I like playing on this team. I like hockey. I like trying to stay fit, all these things. It says something, right? I also go to Ferris Acres Ice Cream a lot, like too much. And I give to that. <laughs> that, that the, the ministry of ice cream, I think, is what I, like, what I like to call it. And so now you know something about me, I've made a statement about myself. I wouldn't give to that if I didn't like ice cream or if I was lactose intolerant, although I might even just go for it, even if I was lactose intolerant, it's that good. Right? I'm making a statement. And so I was thinking about this, Lord, why give, why do we give, why do we give? And I felt the Lord say this to me, you know what, Brian? We give because when we give, it answers the most fundamental questions that every human on this planet is asking. This is why you give. I'm trying to take you as deep as I possibly can here. You give because when you give, you answer the most important questions that every person on the planet Is asking themselves who am i who am i see friends when 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 you give you answer that question you're making a declaration who am i i'm a child of god that's who i am i'm not the lord i have a lord his name is jesus and I give to him, and, and it's part of a discipline, it's a part of a practice where I'm regularly making this. I love how the Lord's like, "You listen, I, I know you need something so, so ridiculously tangible and practical. I'm going to give it to you. Here it is: Give back to me. Give back to me. And when you do that, you're going to be declaring who you are and who you belong to. Who am I? What is my purpose? Everyone on the planet's asking that question. What what am I here for? What's my purpose? You see, when I give, friends, I'm declaring my purpose. There are a lot of things to try to achieve out there, but my mission, my vision, my focus is Christ Jesus. And I'm giving to his mission, to his purpose on this planet. I want to be the light of the world. I want to bring the gospel to all nations. I want to disciple people so that they can follow and grow in their walk with Jesus. And so every time I give, I'm declaring my purpose. I'm all in, Jesus, with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to storm the gates of hell and bring heaven with me. Where do I belong? I think everybody's asking this question on this planet. Where, where, where do I fit? Where do I belong You see, when you give, it's not just a payment. No, it's an opportunity to partner with the Lord. It's an opportunity to praise. And when I give, I'm declaring this praise that I have a place to belong, that I am a part of the family of God. And collectively, across the planet, people, Christ followers, are giving to the Lord's church, and I'm a part of that. Why? Because I have a place to belong in the family of God. And I think the next question people are asking is, who can I trust? I think we have a world out there right now saying, who can I trust? Can I trust you? I don't know. People have hurt me before. Who can I trust? And when I give, I'm declaring to the Lord, I can trust you. I know if people fail me, I can trust you, Lord, and I'm gonna trust you with everything. You see, friends, I love how the Lord just doesn't call us to do things for no reason. No, He calls it, us to do this for our good. That as we give, we might be praising, that as we give, we, we might be declaring who He is and who we are as His children. This is why we say it's an act of worship because it's realigning us to who we truly are. I wanna um, challenge you to two things as we close. The first is I wanna challenge you to decide. For those of you in Waterbury, for those of you in in Derby, in New Milford, I wanna challenge you to, to decide. Those of you in our Bethel campus, I wanna challenge you to decide. For those of you online right now, you are part of the family. I wanna challenge you to decide. Oftentimes here at Walnut Hill, we say, what's your number? We're not legalistic about this. No, decide in your own heart. Pray about it. Ask the Lord. And when the Lord speaks to you and lays something on your heart, don't hold back. Commit to it. Be intentional about it. Decide. And then, secondly, declare. As you give, treat it as an act of worship. Worship. Each week through giving, declare, celebrate that you are in Christ Jesus. Declare, celebrate the fact that you are partnered with Jesus in his mission. Declare, celebrate that you are a part of a beautiful family. Declare, celebrate that you have a
1: God you can trust. Why? Because you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. From you are all things. And to you are all things, you deserve the glory. Let's sing it again. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. And to you are all things, you deserve the glory. Amen. Amen.